0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Well, thanks for coming. Uh, Today we're starting a new series. This is uh, Understanding Your Child as a spiritual being, so um, I just want to tell you there's no there's no magic bullet here. Uh, there, there, you, you may get a little closer, maybe a little better at understanding your child um, but basically what I want to what we're hoping to do with this series uh, is give you a little bit of a framework uh, for how to better understand your child uh, and in particular um, how to understand your child through a spiritual lens and see how the gospel applies to it all so let me pray for us and we'll get going. All right, um, Jesus, thanks for your goodness and your loving kindness. Um, thank you for uh, giving us children. Thank you for your truth and that you've made yourself known to us through your word and through Christ. And uh, Father, I pray that you would you would speak here. I pray that you would help us. I ask these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so um, I think one of the really challenging things about being a parent, you know, at really all the different phases is, um, hey, can you fiddle with that? It's making kind of an annoying noise. I don't know if, I don't know if, look at you. It's like those nails. Is it? Well, you know what? It's just going to be annoying. That's uh, all right. <laughs> um, but anyhow, so the, the challenging thing in being a parent is, is understanding like what in the world's going on with your kid. You know, you have a two-year-old or a three-year-old and you know, I—not that I'm talking about one of my children, would never do that. Um, but you know, you you say to your child, to your your say three and a quarter year old, um, "Hey, you want a cookie?" And their response to every single thing that you offer them is no, no. Like, "Hey, you want to go out and ride your jeep?" No, no. You know, I'm like, you your your Power Wheels jeep. Like, what can what can be controversial about that? You know. You want a Hershey kiss? No. You know uh, you. Hey, so you want to watch? Uh, you want to watch uh, Daniel Tiger? You want to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? No. The first response to everything is no, right? Uh, and and then and then it's like, oh yes, I do. Yes, yes, yeah. You know, but first response is no. Okay, so like, what is going on there, right? I you don't understand it. Or well, you've got a teenager, and your teenager is you know constantly. You know, Heisman, like, don't talk to me. Oh my gosh. You know, just constantly giving you this nonverbal communication of, like, I do not want to talk to you. Okay? Like, you're the dumbest person in the world, and I'm the smartest, by the way, and I want nothing to do with you. So, you know, what is going on with that? Um, And so, uh, what we're going to talk about here is, like, we obviously cannot perfectly understand our kids. It's just not possible. We're not God. Only God can do that. And so, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, maybe different ways that we can try to interpret our children's behavior in order to better understand them and uh, better care for them. And so, to start out, um, we're going we're gonna to have this is going to almost be like two little classes in one. Because I'm going to kind of give the framework for this series where we talk about um, this, this way of understanding people. And then I'm going to talk the second half of the class about understanding your child at a spiritual level. And so with the first, um, the first thing, this is, okay, this is going to be like, Cameron, look, we're, we're glad the church pays for you to take seminary classes. You don't have to prove it to us. Um, but this actually is an extremely helpful um, epistemological framework called the tri-perspectivalism theory. Um, and look, we're, we're going to get past the fancy word, I promise. There's a theologian named John Frame, um, who is, you know, an iconic... Uh, theologian of the last, you know, generation, and um, he's he's actually at the seminary where I go, and I'd had to take his class on the history of philosophy and the history of human thought, and I literally came to tears trying to write a paper for the class. It was so hard, <laughs> but anyhow, basically, he has this premise, and the premise um, is, you know, we have a limited ability to know things. We have a limited ability to understand things. Um, particularly as compared to God like God understands everything you know your child in particular your child understands God knows your child's thoughts better than they do knows their feelings better than they do uh, knows their past present and future better than anybody does he is omniscient you know he knows everything and so then here we are you know we are looking at our child and we have very limited understanding uh, we can't know their heart. We can't know the inner workings. We can't. We, we know some of their past, not all their past, because we haven't been with our child every single second of their life, nor do we have the uh, intellectual capacity to remember everything of their whole life. And so we have very limited understanding. And so Frame's point with this theory is, what is our best way to maximize how we understand things, how we know things? Um, and so as it pertains to this class, like, what is the best way to, to, um, to, what's a framework to help us maximize the way we understand our kids as much as possible? And so, Frame says that, um, there are three different ways, uh, three different kind of categories by which we're going to try to understand things. He's, he first starts out, um, with what you call the normative, which that just means God's truth. Like, how does God's truth apply to this situation? Um, you know, uh, your, your kid has had a falling out with a friend. Your You know, your child is all depressed, so on and so forth. Well, we know from from God's... Um, or your child is uh, always anxious about social things, if they're a teenager. You know, they're always worried about what's going on on Instagram and how come I didn't get invited to this. And, you know, they're dressing a certain way to try to get into a certain group or they're freaking out about um, making... The dance team, or uh, the basketball team, or whatever. Well, God's truth informs us in these situations that your child was made for relationship. Your child was made for community, and so part of us understanding um, at the spiritual level, at the normative level, uh, what's going on is knowing that by you know by design, by our child's creation in the image of God, that our child is, is made for community. So that's an example of kind of understanding a situation at the normative level. But we also have what you call the existential level. This is the emotional level. So I'm observing my child in these situations, uh, and they are very, very anxious, or they're very, very excited, or they're very wound up. They're very keyed in. And so um, and so this gives me insight into you know, part of the situation, understanding the existential level or the emotional level. And then finally is the situational level. That is, what are the facts? Like, what are the facts in this situation that are going on? Um, I know that my child is um, I know that my child is trying out for the Dorians. Um, I know that they've been practicing for nine months and they go to the you know, they go to dance class and all this kind of stuff. I know that tryouts are in two weeks. I know that all of their friends are already on the team and they want to get on the team. So the situational level is what are the facts. But here's the thing about the situational so anyhow, so we have the normative level, God's truth, the spiritual level trying to, under that, that's one category, that's one uh, piece of the pie. We have the existential level, the emotional level, and then we have the situational level. Now, here's the thing that complicates the situational level, is we can, there are aspects of the situation. Um, there are aspects of the situation, there are facts related to the situation um, that we can understand at different levels. So, for example, um, you have, oh, oh, the biological level. So, for example, um... Uh, we have some friends and they had a a child who act, like was acting out, you know, was three or four years old and acting out with tantrums that were like beyond the normal, the the normal situation that the child would have a complete come apart to the point of like hyperventilating and have to, having to have an inhaler, um, whenever they would, you know, be told no when anything bad would happen. Well, what they found out at the biological level is the child had a blood sugar issue. And that uh the child was very, very sensitive to sugar. And if the child had any candy or any sweets, if they went to a birthday party and had cake and ice cream, they were just gonna be emotionally very, very volatile. So in this situation, they could understand their kid at the biological level. And what they did is the child went on a very low sugar diet and the child's behavior, you know, improved dramatically. It changed a lot because this was a this was a biological issue. Um, you know, developmental. Now this kind of falls under psychological, but developmentally talking about you know understanding a three-year-old, you know, the three-year-old is is basically one the two developmental questions for a three-year-old or for a toddler are uh, am I loved and what can I get away with? They're uh, that's not a joke, that's true. <laughs> they are they are pushing, they are constantly pushing the boundaries all the time because they are trying to get a sense of am I safe here? Is there someone watching over me? Is there someone who is protecting me? Is there someone who's going to tell me no? Um, and you know, how far can I push it before you know before I'm told no? And so you know, if you have a toddler, um, if you have a toddler, understanding your toddler at the developmental level is very helpful. And to know, okay, that they say no to me all the time, that they throw tantrums all the time, that they push, they test. It's just it's a developmental factor. It's part of the phase. They want to know how how much can I get away with. And so, I, I, for me, to best care for my child in that situation, I need to consistently enforce the boundary so that they know I'm safe. Like, there is someone watching over me. There is, uh, there is a, a rule keeper. <laughs> um, at the, uh, let's think here. At the, no, nah, I'm not gonna do that one. Uh, at the cultural level, here's an example. Um, it's, it's helpful to kind of understand the cultural dynamics of the community, or the communities, that your child lives in. Uh, so I think the class next week is gonna be about shame. And uh, I think that shame's a very, very helpful um, concept to understand um, for, for kids who live in uh, affluent, suburban, performance-oriented cultures. Uh, it's very helpful in, in kind of understanding your child's anxiety um, why your child feels such a compulsion to be perfect, uh, it's because shame tends to be a, a, a pretty a pretty uh, prevalent cultural dynamic, particularly in white suburban situations and in Asian American situations. So anyhow, so this is what I'm talking about with the situational, trying to understand the facts of the situation in addition to the emotional things that are going on and the spiritual things that are going on. So, uh, so the thing that we're going to talk about today is how the gospel has relevance to every single aspect. Uh, the gospel is critical. We said there are you know, three aspects uh, to understanding your child. The spiritual level uh, is fundamental. Uh, and the good news of, of you know, Christ's death on the cross, the good news of God's forgiveness for sinners, um, has, uh, is, is at the core of helping kids no matter what the situation is, no matter what level you're dealing with. So. With that being said, we'll go to the second second part of the class. And so um, I almost want to say just not forget everything, but just pretend you just left and you're going to s- the second period. But what we're going to talk about here is a basic framework of understanding your child at the spiritual level. Um, and so uh, we go to the next slide. Thanks so much. At the spiritual level. And I think the, the main thing, the main things I'm going to want you to get here is, uh, you know, we're all today, if you're right here, involved in something religious, right? We've come to church. And uh, if you brought your kids to church and they're involved in like a religious activity right now, Um, you may have religious practices in your home. You might pray before meals or pray before, you know, kids go to bed or uh, here and there, like read a devotional, or you might take your kid to a small group or to a backyard Bible study, whatever it is. And so what I want to communicate today is that we always want to talk on two levels with kids. We want to talk in terms of relationship. We want a relationship with God. We want their, we want them to understand their spiritual life as relational. Everything pointing to relationship with God. And we, uh, to um, best promote that, to best nurture that, we want to talk about the gospel. Talk about God's love for sinners. And so that's kind of going to be kind of the train of this. Talking about, thinking about religious and spiritual things in relational terms, relationship with God, and understanding the gospel as the thing that best uh, promotes and nurtures that relationship with God. So, that being said, let's um, get that. Nope, go back to my bad. I totally forgot to talk about my pretty picture. One more. This is not my pretty picture. This is Google Images' pretty picture. But, um, but anyhow, so to start out, to understand big picture your child and relationship with God. Uh, we have creation, fall, redemption, glorification. If you've come to any of my classes, you've seen this picture probably every other time. But understanding first that what your child was intended for uh, is relationship with God. They were meant to be in a perfect relationship with God. Um, but, uh, as happened in the Garden of Eden, there was the fall. Uh, relation- that, that's, all of mankind was meant to be in relationship with God. But because of the fall, because of Adam and Eve, that relationship is broken. And so that applies to all of us. It happens at the, the big cosmic level, but it happens at the individual level for every person. And so with that being said, the fall redemption is basically the story of how Christ brings us back into relationship with God. Um, and so we believe that your child is going to be most satisfied, they're be most hopeful, most at peace, most calm, um, have the most meaningful life when they live in relationship with God, when they have a relationship with God that's close and that's dependent, where they are depending on God and trusting the Lord. And so what Jesus does is he, through the gospel, through his life, death, and resurrection, he facilitates your child being in relationship with God, with a holy God. And so um, so with, any, with that being said, um, one more. Great. We're going to look at Ephesians 1. This is actually 3 through 10. I added some verses. Whoops. Um, we're going to look at Ephesians 3 through 10. And you're gonna, this is a, basically an overview of the gospel. This is a really good picture of the, o- the spiritual realm in the Bible. And, um, and so you're going to see here that at the core of all of this, uh, you're going to see the repetition of the gospel, and you're going to see the repetition of close relationship with God. Um, so uh, we go to the next slide. Oh Sorry, actually, will someone be my reader? Great. Okay. Thank you. All right. So there's a lot in this, but we're going to look at a few different aspects. All right. The first is ultimate revelation of reality. Like you know, going back to this tri-perspectile thing. Um, if we are not aware of the big picture spiritual situation of our kid, then we're pretty. I don't want to say we're lost because that's not. That's. I, I don't want to say. We're, I don't say we're lost, but we're at a huge disadvantage. We're at a huge, huge, huge disadvantage. And um, we're not in a position where we can offer them the most helpful thing, which is the gospel of grace and relationship with God. And so what we see here is that um, God has made clear to us the situation in his word and through Christ. It says in verse 9 that, um, that through Christ he is he's making known to us The mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a fullness, uh, uh, as a plan for the the fullness of time, to unite all things, things in heaven and things on earth. And so, going back to this, that the earlier slide where we looked at all the different situations, where um, we looked at you know the psychological and the developmental and the physical and um, the social and the cultural and all these different facets. You see that the purpose of Christ is to heal all of those things, all of those aspects at which your child lives, at which your child can be understood. They are all broken because of sin. All of them are disrupted. You know that's the reason that your child has anxiety about their social life. It's the reason that your child has anxiety about school. That's the reason that um, that's the reason that you know. Uh, a kid's behavior would be significantly influenced by blood sugar. It's because of the fall. Things are disrupted because of the fall. Because of the broken, that the 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 break between Adam and Eve doesn't just affect the spiritual level. It affects everything, physical, emotional, uh, intellectual, so on and so forth. And so, what God's purpose in Christ is to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. So you see heaven and earth, I mean, he's speaking both at the spiritual level and the physical level. A lot of times, uh, a lot of times, particularly conservative Christianity, tends to think about the gospel purely at a spiritual level um, and think that the only aspect, the only benefit of the gospel is to get us in relationship with God and get us out of hell and get us into heaven. That's it. Um, But that is leaving Tons and tons of cash on the table. That's leaving. <laughs> that's forfeiting lots and lots of benefit um, from what Christ has done. And so, what we want to see is that uh, God wants to restore and to redeem us at every level, physically, socially, emotionally, intellectually, so on and so forth. And so, um, and so, as we think about all these different issues and we try to understand our kid, we need to understand. That the sin and the fall has some impact of at some level in some sort in all of those different areas. And so that also means that Christ has offers help and no matter what the situation is. Um, so next. Oh, I'll go one more. Thanks. Okay. So in this, um, I want you to see the gospel. Um, we see here in verse seven, it says, in him, We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. So basically, the uh, gospel—we want to be precise with this, because a lot of times people throw around that word for everything, and and we're not particularly, um, not particularly like, uh, not properly specific with it. But the gospel is speaking of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. The way that Jesus overcomes sin and death through the cross, and it is the good news of that reality. Um, so when we talk about uh, you know hearing the gospel, that means us hearing the good news that um, that Jesus off- that God offers forgiveness and grace and mercy to all of us uh, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And, um, and so what we're going to get to in a second is we're going to look at how the fruit, the end point of the gospel is relationship with God. But it is the gospel that enables that and is the gospel that nurtures that. So I'll talk about this a little more later. But I would just say uh, the more what we ultimately want is our kids to be in close fellowship with God, because we believe that when they're in close fellowship with God, um all of these different disruptions of the fall in their life are going to be healed more and more. Not perfectly, obviously. It's not going to solve all their problems. That We're going to have problems until we die. Um, but we think in terms of un- both understanding but helping our child at every level, whether it's the psychological level, whether it's uh, the intellectual, social, cultural, whatever it is, we believe that if they're walking in a relationship with Christ, uh, where they are depending on Him and where they're close to Him, they are going to be able to walk through whatever the situation is as fruitfully and hopefully and peacefully as possible. Um, so, but it is the gospel that enables that. We don't just go from separated from God into relationship with God. The gospel has to nurture us coming into it. So, practical point would be um, that reminding your child of the gospel in various ways uh, is like one of the very best things you can do. Uh, to help your child um, reminding them and, and, and that can be you know uh, when your child is struggling with different identity issues of feeling like a loser or whatever um, say let well, 's say they 're feeling like a loser, and remember like hey buddy, like who you are is someone who 's righteous, like who you are as an adopted child of god like that 's who you are you 're not you 're not a c student you 're an adopted child of god that 's your true identity, or if your child is particularly arrogant and judgmental uh, and uh, and you know, cause that, that could, that, that, that's, uh, that's, that's a, that's a big issue too. Um, you know, you can also remind your child, uh, remind your child like, hey, now let's keep in mind, you know, you're a sinner. And whatever you have, like these talents that you have, like they came from God. So, if you might have a child who, when you tell your child like, you're so beautiful, and they say, I know, I'm really cute, too. (laughs) If that's your child, hypothetically, of course, (laughs) then uh, a a response to that would be, um, and you know why you're so beautiful, it's it's because God made you beautiful, right? So it's something that God gave you, and, and that's how God made you special, but you know what? God made everybody else special too, right? Everyone else is made in, in, in his image. And, and so, so anyhow, so the gospel might also help your child to be humble properly and, and uh, um, properly humble uh, when, you know, that's what they need. So then when we look at this, this uh, overview of, of salvation, we see that the end of this is relationship with God, or in, in this case, we call it union with Christ. And so the reason I bring this up is I would say that for a large part of my Christian life, I just I thought about the gospel purely as my sins being forgiven and getting into heaven, um, and I, I I didn't like there it, I didn't have some notion of like relationship with God, but it wasn't prominent. Um, and so what you see is that we are saved into. Uh, into union with Christ, into oneness and and into fellowship with God. And so you're going to see in this text, where it explicitly talks about the gospel, um, you're going to see all these references to a relationship with God. So, for example, anytime in Paul you see the term in Christ, or in Christ Jesus, or in him, or with Christ, um, with him, or sometimes through Christ, uh, that is a reference to what you call union with Christ, the reality that, that through the gospel, through God's forgiveness of sins, like you've become one with Christ. And so you're going to see here um, that, look at all the references to union with Christ here. We see in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, with every that you know, in uh, perfect fellowship with Christ, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, even as he chose us in him again, another reference, before the foundation of the world that we should be wholly blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ. So for adoption, that speaks to the you know, the parent-child, father-son, father-daughter relationship we inherit with the father through the gospel. According to the purpose of his will, uh, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Again, a reference to him in Christ. In him we have redemption. And then you see at the end, it says that, that he is making forth um, sorry, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him. So you can see, there's like reference after reference after reference to being in a relationship with Christ. So, um, so with that being said, as I've said a hundred times already, the gospel nurtures this relationship. So, in terms of, let me go to the next one. Um, in terms of, no, yeah, sorry, you can go back to that. In terms of understanding your child. Um, we want to understand what's going on with our child's heart. We want to understand them at the emotional level, key key part. Uh, we want to understand them at the situational level, uh, kind of understand. And you know what? By the way, you can make yourself go crazy with this, okay? Because no, one, I mean, yeah, you can get some you can get some good tools on where your child is developmentally. That's really helpful. By the way, there is a there's a talk. It's like a 40 minute talk on uh, the Rooted blog, Rootedministry.com, by a guy named Brent Bounds. Um, who was uh, Tim Keller's family ministry pastor, but he's a clinical psychologist. Uh, with a, He kind of specializes in developmental psychology, but he also has a seminary degree. And so he does this talk of, here are the developmental questions at every phase, from like, when they're a toddler to early elementary to late elementary to middle school to high school. Uh, and that's very helpful. But anyhow, yeah, we, we want to, you know, it's helpful to understand our kids at a developmental area. It's very helpful to understand the culture, um, that your child is in. That's, that's all that is really important. Um, but, uh, and, not a but, but and, um, understanding the fabric of what is the fundamental spiritual problem is, is, is critical. And again, reviewing your child's fundamental problem is that they have a broken relationship with God. Um, and, you know, obviously, if your child's become a believer, yes, they are in relationship with God permanently forever. But just like any relationship, you know, you have the ebb and flow of being close and being distant and close and being distant. That's true in friendships. That's true in parent-child relationships. It's true in marriage. And so um, and so, we believe that uh, the deeper fellowship, the deeper dependence they have with the Lord we think the, the most fruitful, um, abundant life they're going to experience no matter what the situation. So finally, um, keep on going. Ah, love this. Okay, so uh, uh, just a kind of a final thing to show how the gospel facilitates this. Um, I always talk about, think, just pretend that this is the cross here. And you have the cross. The cross says something hard about God and it says something nice about God. And it says something hard about us, and it says something nice about us. Uh, What it tells us about God is that God is holy and just. That's good news. Like You you want to entrust your life to somebody who's perfect. (laughs) You want to entrust your eternal salvation, your eternal destiny, to someone who has no flaw whatsoever. So it's good news that God is holy and just, uh, but it's also hard news, because that means as sinners, um, there's an accountability to that God. And we can never measure up on our own. The nice truth about God is that He's loving, and He's merciful. Um, the cro- and so that the cross tells us that we see on the cross that God is so holy that He would punish sin in His, per- in his, in his own child, Jesus. But He's so loving and merciful uh, that He would punish His own child for the sake of our salvation. The cross tells us something hard about ourselves. It tells us that we're <coughs> sinful, that we're sinful and needy. Um, uh, it it, it tells us that our our situation is so dire that God himself would have to die on a cross. It also tells us that we're so loved and valued that God himself would die on a cross for us. And so so when we live in the truth of the cross, uh, we have that humility before a holy God, uh, but we also have that sense that we are loved. That leads us into a place where we trust God. Um, That leads us into into a proper relationship where here we are, and there is God, where we are trusting, we are submitting, we're praising, we're thanking, we're asking, we're receiving, so we're depending on Him, and we're trusting a God to provide and to bless and to lead and to listen and to God and to comfort and so on and so forth. Um, so, getting getting practical, uh, practical applications. First practical application would be this: uh, whenever you are doing something religious with your child, uh, use that as an opportunity to help them. Understand that the point of all this is a relationship with God. Like, why do we go to church? We don't just go to church because we live in Birmingham. We don't just go to church because, well, the Ten Commandments say we go to church. We don't just go to church because we like to go to church. Uh, I would would always use that as an opportunity to be like, well, we go to church because, uh, you know, our relationship with God uh, is the most important thing in our life. It's the thing that's going to satisfy us the most. It's the thing that's going to give us the guidance that we need. It's the thing that's going to give us the comfort and the hope that we need. And so, um, and so, uh, because that, sorry, the relationship, that relationship is going to provide everything that our heart really needs at the core. So I would always want to be talking about, um, church or if you're, if you're praying, like say, say a blessing and, um, uh, and you know, your, your child is asking why your child is getting resistance or just, you just want to say it, you know, we're going to pray guys, we're going to talk to God. We're going to talk to God. Isn't that cool that we get to talk to God, that he listens to us? God Almighty, we can't see him, but we get to talk to him. So again, you're casting prayer in relational terms. Um, and so, uh, so yes, So that's the first thing I would say. second thing I would say is um, talk about the promises and the benefits of the gospel. I think I've covered that a lot, but what enables us to get in that right relationship with God, uh, where we're close to him, where we depend on him, is knowing uh, that he loves us no matter... No matter how rotten we are, no matter what we've done, we are always loved, accepted, and desired by God. And so that's what facilitates that relationship. And the last thing I would say too is probably one of the most helpful things that you can do for your child, you know, in the, you know, the 18 years you have them in, in your house, God willing, <laughs> um, uh, is that is to help them understand that uh, at the core of all their issues is something spiritual. At the core of, um, at the core of their anxieties, at the core of their shame, at the core of, um, their friend battle, so on and so forth, is, is, is the fall. The, the, the source of all problems is the fall. Um, and, uh, as a result of that, uh, the answer, or at least a a fundamental part of the answer is always turning to the Lord. It's always asking for God's help. It's always remembering the gospel. Um, it's always um, seeing what God has to say about the situation. And so, um, and so, yeah. So I just think I think that, you know, especially in the world, the world's answer to almost every problem, uh, well, I'll say this: the world, the the world, all of us are in reaction, right? And all of us are oversimplifiers by nature. But the world tends to want to reduce uh, most problems either to the psychological level or the biological level. You know, it's like uh, um, you know somebody, a celebrity, says something like very, very inappropriate. And the answer is to send them to tolerance training. You know, Harvey Weinstein, uh, I mean, you know, what he does, the things that he did to women are like egregious and it's like oh he's going to be good he's going to go to therapy and it, look harvey weinstein's problem is much more than therapy like harvey weinstein's problem is that he like me is a depraved sinner he really 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 needs the grace of god like there and so with that being said um we uh it is just very very helpful for us to remember that when we're trying to interpret our child and understand them that at the core of it is always the spiritual problem the broken relationship between them and god so that's all I'm going to say. I, my brain is really tired. That was <laughs> that was interfacing a lot of stuff. Uh, does anybody have any questions? Comments? Can I get a copy of your slides to review? <laughs> yeah, I'm all about I'm all about my little images. Yeah, I like, the, yeah, like my I little love that last one you showed us with the cross and then the, the yeah. light. Really like that graphic. I like um, sure. Email me. Yeah. Listen to you I will. for sure. All right, I'm going to pray for us. Happy to chit-chat afterwards. Our God, thanks for loving us. Thanks for dying for our sins. And um, may we all be encouraged uh, by the good news. And Lord, may we all taste the joy and the the hope and the peace of being in relationship with you. ask your prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.